Welcome back to this week's episode. I'm here with all the co-hosts, Joey. Hey. Mike. Hey. Tom. Hey, Ross. And I was thinking about what we were discussing in a previous episode. How safe do you really need to be? How safe do I have to be? And it's one that I think... Or how safe can I be? Well, maybe be safe as necessary. You know, I wonder if we kind of go at that with the litigiousness of policies and regulations and getting in trouble and this, that, and the other. All right, so Ross, put you on the spot. Yeah. Give me an example of safe as possible versus safe as necessary, if you can. I think I used this before. We Just for our had, listeners to get the We concept. have a concrete ledge yeah. going onto the playground. And it it's two ledges that go up and kind of bottleneck the sidewalk to then you go into the building or you go to the front, you know, down the, right, the sidewalk right. to go past the building. And for years it was, you know, that's just something we can't climb. So that's safe as possible. Safe no as possible. Because no one could ever fall off if it. If you don't climb it, you cannot it. fall off of it. And then it was actually after our discussions early on when the this group came about was, well, why not? They, they're asking to do it. They really want to do it. So what would I have to... To, what would have to change if I was to open up this climbing ledge? And so, well, you can climb it as long as there's an adult here to supervise it. And from that point on, almost every day, the children would line up. And some days we get to climb, some days we don't. So in that sense, being as safe as necessary was, well, the grown-up has to be here. Right. So you could still fall, but, it, but at least I'm right here yeah. to, to help you assess the situation. Yeah. Yep. So I think That's it's one of, one of those ideas where it was my own rule change internally. Like, well, I would want to climb it. What's the value taking place? It's challenge. It's it's getting out a little bit more focused kind of body movements. And, In the vestibular sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of this level of challenge, the success of getting the top and then jumping off or sliding down the little kind of built-in uh, slide that is at the end of the ledge. Well, don't you think some of it is... It's a nice little phrase, but the safe as possible versus safe as necessary. And what I th- I think it just reveals that there is no safe as possible. Accidents are accidents for a, a reason. Mm-hmm. You, know, uh, you know, bad things can always happen. Good things can happen too. Yeah. But yeah, you know, so the yeah, you know, it's just exposing the fallacy of safe as possible, right? Because yeah. safe as possible would be oh well, then we'll you know we'll never cross the street or something like. That. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you can take it to a ridiculous yeah. level, and then you're actually creating more risks by shutting down opportunities to practice something and or that, seeing other people in the world because you don't leave the house. I, or, I'm glad you, you brought that point up. because You couldn't use a bathroom. Sorry. I mean, bathrooms are very dangerous places. There's all these hard sinks and toilets and it's often the floor gets wet. One of my thoughts is how do we differentiate what's an accident and really what we're responsible for mm-hmm. in a classroom? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, in the prior episode I was talking about the child climbing the sensory table. And if that child had fallen and hurt themselves, I don't think that would be viewed as an accident because I should not have let that child climb on the on the, the lip of the table because, well, she can fall mm-hmm. and hurt herself. But if she How fell do... out of a chair and cut her lip on the table, you think that would be considered an accident? Most people would consider that an accident and you wouldn't get rid of the chairs. But here I was letting this child climb up on the lip of the table. I mean, I've made a conscious decision as a teacher where a lot of people would not have entertained the idea. Mm-hmm. And so then I would have been really responsible, right? I wonder if you would be because you were there to assess the situation, the safety that was available, but also the challenge that was in, in mind. So that kind of risk-benefit analysis. 
that it wasn't absent-mindedly done. It, you were you were there. You were a part of it. You were very aware. You've assessed all the parts of the of the scenario. If you'd been across the room and seen the child climbing and thought, "Huh, she looks fine," and she fell, yeah. then I think that that would be. I would have you know be like, "Huh, I wonder. I wonder if Tom's really paying attention." And again, and I'm not a lawyer. But isn't there something like due diligence, that idea that right. you did what you could, mm-hmm. but sometimes people get hurt. Yeah. Uh, again, I often think about this idea that, you know, when parents bring their kids to a sporting activity and they only are there for an hour, hour and a half practice and a kid gets hurt, nobody thinks, well, what did the coach do wrong? Mm-hmm. But a child in a program, and so for me it's a full day program, but even if they're just there for a few hours and they're playing and they get hurt, you know, a bruise, something like yeah. that it's often considered something was wrong. Yeah. Perhaps we aren't letting parents know enough of they learn through exploration. Well, right. there's that trust piece. I mean, we've talked and about trust. that too. I mean, you know, most people have the experience where you tell the parent what happened and they're like, oh yeah, they've been trying to master hanging by their knees on the monkey bar or what, you know, you know, there'd be some understanding back and forth between the two. And sometimes that trust isn't there. And that's, those yeah. are the worst times. So you want to make sure you're having, tr- building trust with parents from the beginning. Yeah. Right. With that one episode, I did show the parent, look what your child did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that she thought her child was not so adventuresome. And here I could show her, look at what she did. Yeah. And at the end where she she aha, yeah. look at what I did. And of course we want to bring their children back in the same or better condition, but recognizing that real life has those. But I would also say we want to, when they pick up their child, that their child has explored and learned. And a part of exploration is risk. Mm-hmm. Well, so so I, only, I, I had one broken bone. In my whole career, 38 years. And it was the last year. The children I, in your care, broken yeah, bone, you mean? Broken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was the last year I was teaching. And it was a child broke her collarbone in my classroom. And it was a parent in the classroom, and she didn't know the child was behind her, and she bumped her, and she fell on her shoulder and mm-hmm. broke the collarbone. Well, yep. that's an accident, right? Well, for the rest of the year, because I was retiring, I was so I I was so nervous and anxious with even kids climbing up on the lip of the table or or doing some of the other things I let them. I was more nervous than I ever was because I was not going to have another broken bone in my mm-hmm. classroom. So it affects us too yeah. if a child right. gets a yeah, child yeah. gets hurt. None of us here want children to actually have serious injury. I mean, I think that we want children to be safe. But you know, the, oh, I might not be good at what I'm doing. Right. If if kids are getting hurt, that's also a reflection of how good you are at your job, right? As a teacher, right. I mean, you can have that feeling. A broken bone, right. can make you feel like I must not be very good at what right. I'm doing. If mm-hmm. kids are getting broken bones, the safe. But so if you can have the conversation with families, whether you say safe as necessary versus safe as possible, but yeah, you might get a bump or a bruise while you're having all this fun and learning things and about yourself and each other you know obviously that's where that trust yeah. comes into play right so just think about me near the end of the school year she had she had completely healed and You're every not time her jump off of any of them no no <laughs> i mean i had to get the mother's okay to let her yeah to, right she said yeah. oh you know she's healed now she can jump right. yeah but that didn't stop me from being there every time she right was right yeah. You're just right. like right. like it's yeah. not right. gonna happen again that, it's like that first jump was probably and I will say, just going back to that parent trust piece, I mean, when kids do get hurt, because I also have an administrator role too, you you know, if no one knows how it happened, 
right? Oh, right. I don't know. They came out yeah. and they had this cut. Now that, right? Yeah. That feels bad on yeah. so many levels, and that is not. not oh, a, but if you can say the parent, parent and the parent will the exactly. Parent will but if not you can like say that. to the parent, yeah. or when you are able to say, oh well, you know, they were playing a tea party, and you know, she slipped off the thing she was sitting on, and she got a little cut because right. you know she missed it when yeah. she was sitting down. Well. Of course, that's that's again just part of that trust yeah, piece, right. right? And that's usually what a parent needs is just to hear what happened. Yeah. I have this one kid who his proprioceptive needs are greater than the other kids. He decided to walk on the ledge with the other kids. So this ledge just in our neighborhood, and it's about six inches off the ground, not very high. But he was walking along, and it's only sort of the half railroad tie things yeah. that people put on their edge of their gardens. So everyone else is walking across fine. They're all four and a half or five. He takes a few steps and he slips. And of course, doesn't really catch himself. So he hits his forearm on the wood. Ouch. And yeah, and it hurts. I was thinking he was crying and we were all taking care of him. All the kids came around to see if he's okay. But part of the thing I knew is that he is learning about balance. He tried it for the first time. All the other kids would do it. He would only do these ledges usually where they're at least a foot wide maybe more and this was the first time for him and he tried it and i think what he found out was that he has to pay more attention mm -hmm. i think he can do it he's probably got to slow down and be much more intentional about each step you just made me think of something and which is the other piece about when always happen it's an opportunity for caretaking Absolutely. And it's an opportunity for you to show that child mm -hmm. that you can take care of them. It's an opportunity for you to describe other kids to help eat, help take care of their classmates and for someone to be taken care of, which is a vulnerable place that some kids even have to learn, right? Oh, not, my mom's not the only one who gives me Band-Aids. I can accept help from other people. Mm -hmm. So yep. you don't get yeah. hurt on purpose, but that's an opportunity. But I think it's a really valuable part of it that, I, that just came to me that I, I don't I don't want to overlook. Well, we want, we want to develop that sense of empathy, but thinking about just how many children are curious when someone's hurt, because you know whether it's that I've been hurt too or what you know there there's all kinds right. of there questions is sort of a developing empathy going on that we want to support, and I think you know in or the, for I the, shouldn't do that because that might happen to me. It's, it's so then <laughs> going that back too. to yes. going back to the regulation piece of. Oh, well, that looks a little bit harder than I thought. Maybe I don't want to do that. If we create all these opportunities, it's where real learning can take place. And one of my colleagues says it really, really well, and I've kind of adopted it from her. Gauging of a good day isn't because you didn't have conflict. What greater lesson to learn than the fact that we have a range of emotions? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Like, that's the most important lesson to learn. And a range of experiences. And a range of experiences. Yeah. People have a hard time later in life if they don't understand that sometimes you'll be sad and you don't have to hide away from that. You have to experience that and react appropriately, whatever that word appropriate might mean. Right. So I think it's, yeah, the whole range of emotions, the whole range of conversation. We've covered it all. We'll probably have to talk about it again. We'll have to shut this podcast down. Yeah. We've covered all of it. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thanks, Ross. Right. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn. <laughs>